test. Praise the Lord. It's a joy to be here this morning. Hallelujah. We welcome everyone in the sweet name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are so glad that we could join together and worship the Lord our God this morning and lift his holy name. Amen. Praise the Lord. And especially uh, we want to also welcome those of you who are joining us online. Uh, we are glad that uh, you are connecting with us and do uh, continue to connect with us. Uh, even otherwise, if you want uh, prayer, if you want counsel, uh, if you need, uh, uh, you know, have any need, do contact us. Uh, uh, go to houseofdavid.in, and you will find our uh, contact details, address, phone number there, and you can uh, get in touch with us. And we are here to minister to you and pray for you and uh, support you in any way possible. Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful time that we could come together week after week. Uh, and worship the Lord and let's continue to gather and those of you who are able to come uh, even if you are at home do join us physically um, you know we are meeting uh, together praise the Lord this morning we are going to go into uh, the word of God uh, into the gospel of Matthew and I really believe that uh, you are reading the scriptures scripture reading and uh, meditation and study of scriptures uh, should be very much part and parcel of our lives. I don't want to repeat what I said last week, uh, but let's uh, get into this practice of reading the Bible. And not just like 10 verses, not just one psalm. Uh, don't get stuck with psalms and proverbs all through life. Uh, there are many other books in the Bible. Uh, read from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, sometimes it might take a while for us to understand and grasp everything. But as we continue to read, as we continue to listen, uh, we begin to grow in our understanding of the word of God. And um, that the spirit of God will help us to understand as we listen, as we read, as we go back and forth, as we experience life. Uh, and we come to a greater understanding and growth in our own lives. So this morning we're going to uh, read about um, the gospel of Matthew. Um, the studying the gospel and we are in the fourth part we have already uh, done three sections and Matthew himself has written in sections and every um, you know section end of every section he would close by saying and Jesus when Jesus finished saying these things uh, those are uh, normally called as literary markers so when we are studying the gospel of Matthew let me remind us again uh, we look at these three things what did Jesus convey or what did he mean to his first time audience, disciples to whom or the crowds to whom he was speaking to? What was he telling them? What did he, what did, did mean to them? Remember we are not Jewish, uh, we are not hearing what he's saying in Aramaic, uh, we are not there, uh, we were not there when the events happened and we are now 2000 years later we are reading something that happened 2000 years ago and in a different culture in a different context. Um, you know, uh, today in a colloquial uh, uh, language in Tamil, if you say, use the phrase, uh, salta poita, you know, do you think a Kannadiga or a Telugu person will understand what you mean? Only a Tamil person will understand what that means. You know, what it means is that he just went casually, you know, he didn't care about the, you know, the, the, the weightage of the uh, situation or he... He just walked off, you know. So that's the kind of disconnect we have. And so if you have a, a, a North Indian here 
uh, who listens to that phrase in as i said in tamil uh, it will not make any sense and just can you just try to translate that in english <laughs> it's very difficult to get that exact expression you know so that's how it is in each culture in each uh, language in each tradition uh, and it each time in history different things are said and what it means to them something totally different from the way it can be translated or understood in our culture and so we need to go back and do this a little more hard work of trying to read and understand not somehow trying to read between the lines and say oh i discovered something this is some kind of special holy spirit revelation to me which nobody has received before and this is something that you know only the spirit of god has revealed to me this is my revelation no not saying our own ideas but what did it mean to them what was the jewish culture like what did it mean to the hebrews secondly what is matthew conveying to the jewish church well matthew is uh, uh, you know is collecting all of these materials about what jesus spoke what jesus did and uh, what happened the narratives the sermon everything when he's collecting all of that and putting them down and writing them to the churches several decades later after jesus died and rose again and ascended back into heaven as he's writing so when he's taking this and presenting it to the jewish church what did it mean to them that's something that we need to always look at and then putting both of that together so now what is that truth presented by jesus and matthew in the same passages and so how does it apply to us today amen so that's how we process scriptures it's a little bit of hard work but um instead of just uh, reading it at a superficial level or just only talking about just the miracles of jesus and the passages we understand and skip those that we don't understand we if we do that and we read that way we will miss on the exact truth that the spirit was conveying through matthew to the churches amen and the the truth which the spirit of god conveyed back then is universal truth which is applicable for all time for all people amen and so that truth which was spoken to them certainly holds good for us today amen hallelujah and that's why we need to pursue what the intention of the spirit was as he inspired these human authors to write if we go after the intention of the spirit then we understand what the spirit intends for us today and then we put that into practice then we are in total alignment to the truth of scriptures amen and when we are in total alignment to the truth of scriptures we are in a perfect place where the spirit of god can move in and through our lives hallelujah instead of just saying something else than what the spirit inspired or intended to speak to them and when we say something else or understand it in a different way and don't really grasp the intention of the holy spirit what happens is that we will start pursuing some other truth or a half truth sometimes it's even a departure from the truth itself and that's how false teachings begin to come about false understanding false ideas begin to start rising up as people don't pursue the actual meaning of the text and so this is not just some kind of a dry academic exercise but doing the hard work of reading the scriptures well helps us to align our understanding and our practice and belief to the truth the scripts the scripture reveals uh, to us today 
by the holy spirit amen and we need the empowerment and the grace of the spirit of god to understand the word of god amen hallelujah he is the author we'll go to him and ask him lord help us to understand he will help us amen shall we moment for a moment pause and pray father we thank you and praise you for this morning even as we come to you lord with your word lord we ask you that you will help us to understand give us receptive hearts to receive your word open our eyes of understanding and lord that we will not just receive knowledge but understanding and through understanding will come forth wisdom to live our lives according to the scriptures where we will be in a place where the spirit of god can move that we will not lord speak or believe or practice half truth or depart from the truth itself but lord that we will hold firmly to the good news the gospel the truth that was once proclaimed by you and written by matthew inspired by the spirit thank you jesus we commit ourselves to that in jesus name we pray amen hallelujah you know you all need to be praying more for me these days <laughs> it's getting more difficult as you read more and more <laughs> Sometimes the preliminary passages are a little more easier and as you go into it deeper uh, into the text it gets even more complex then you have to uh, you know try hard to understand what did the author mean what was he saying what did it mean it's so difficult sometimes to grasp that but i believe the spirit of god will help us this morning amen hallelujah he's our teacher the anointing itself will teach us all things the bible says and so we depend on him and the empowerment of his spirit so matthew puts down these five discourses a long series discussion on what is the gospel the good news that jesus preached as he called the people into the kingdom of god and the gospel story the gospel story is presented in five sections and this is the pattern of matthew's writing firstly he starts off in each section we start off with a couple of chapters uh, you will see the narrative the story description of what happened narration of what happened and then once he builds the story towards the exact teaching that Jesus brings you'll find one or one and a half chapters of the teaching and then it'll close by saying when Jesus finished saying these things he moved on to the next place and so that's the way Matthew seemed to have written and so that helps us to understand section wise in a little more better way as we understand that first section he's talking about uh, we looked at the sermon on the mount and jesus called the people to repentance a repentance which is not just mere confession but a well thought through um, you know approach of uh, understanding uh, the false system and rejecting and renouncing the false system of the jewish religious leaders and to follow him to follow jesus and his teaching now they also had the same scriptures and they were also pledging allegiance to the same scriptures and to the same god but then jesus brings about a, a a new understanding for them because they have understood it wrongly they have uh, because of the hardness of their heart they uh, you know kept it only to the literary uh, you know uh, application of the scriptures the law where uh, when the law of god says you know thou shall not murder they only uh, held someone accountable when a person committed murder but jesus says it's not just about the murder it's actually the intention of the heart where even if you hate you know it's equal into murder so that's how jesus is helping them to re- renounce reject this false 
a religious system set up by the Jewish leaders and uh, he shows the pathway into the kingdom of God which he was inaugurating. That's the first uh, section and the second part from verses uh, chapters uh, 8 to uh, 10 onwards you find the second discourse where he's preparing the disciples for this mission to take the good news to the world and to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to heal the lepers. As he's sending them out, he also warns them by saying, as you go out to proclaim about me and my message, you need to understand that the people will, nation of Israel as a whole, will reject my message and reject me. And because of that, judgment will come upon them even before you finish proclaiming the message all over Israel. That's the second part. And the third, he's talking about last week, we considered this, the parables of the kingdom. From there he takes off from chapters 11 to 13 and the gospel was proclaimed to them through parables that those who are unwilling to repent will not understand the gospel because their hearts have become so hardened, their ears are shut, their eyes are shut. And so because of their uh, lack of repentance, they will come under judgment as an evil and adulterous generation. That's how he's speaking to them with parables, telling them how evil their hearts are and how they are, you know, hardened uh, from rejecting and rejecting the gospel, the good news. But those who are the poor, the burdened, the, uh, those who are carrying heavy loads and burdened, they are willing to accept this good news and it's being revealed to infants and not the real wise learned ones and they are not entering the kingdom of God but the ordinary people are entering into the kingdom and he's speaking in parables and he hides the truth from the hardened ones but explains more to the disciples as he engages in personal conversation helping them to see that this kingdom will be centered around the Gentiles and today we're going to look at the uh, fourth discourse the fourth discourse is about uh, how uh, to prepare, he's preparing the disciples to be uh, true leaders of this new community that he's creating as he sent them out to proclaim the good news and the, uh, they are believing and many of them are believing and coming to him and accepting and embracing this good news of salvation that comes in the name of Jesus. Jesus is saying I'm going to start a new community. I had called Israel and Israel has failed but now I've come not just for Israel, but Israel and the Gentiles, the world. And I'm going to form this new community, the church, as he's inaugurating this kingdom. He's calling people to come into the kingdom. And as they come into this kingdom, they're going to be part of this new community. And uh, those uh, who understand this good news of the kingdom are those who carry, you know, these leaders will also be people who will carry spiritual authority uh, and to ensure, they will ensure the community is intact uh, unlike the hypocritical Judaizers. We will unpack this more this morning. So firstly, looking at this new community that Jesus is building as Jesus is launching a new community, the church, in this passage that we're going to consider from chapters uh, 14 onwards, uh, 13 end in fact, 13.53 onwards, and all the way to chapter 18, Matthew 13.53 to chapters 18. This is the passage that we're going to consider this morning from the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus is speaking about uh, uh, how the people, many of these cities are accepting and believing in him. And he is doing one final round of visiting city after city. 
and uh, it is uh, Gennesaret and it is Tyre and Sidon it is uh, uh, Caesarea Philippi it is every one of these cities uh, he is visiting and he is proclaiming the good news and uh, he is quickly proclaiming and withdrawing from these key cities and the many people come to him in these cities unlike uh, earlier many places where he went they were he was rejected in many of these cities he is very much welcome but in his own hometown he is rejected and he says he could not do many miracles because of their unbelief and so the first thing that you find uh, in this discourse that Matthew is presenting to the Jewish churches is that many many people believed and Jesus was winding up you know after he was proclaiming the good news in all of these key cities he's withdrawing from there preparing for his departure preparing for his death and so it is just in these chapters in 16 and 17 that Jesus is actually beginning to uh, proclaim about his death until now he has not proclaimed about his death and now from now on he's beginning to vocally you know explicitly proclaim that I am going to suffer many things the son of man is going to suffer at the hands of the Jewish leaders I'm going to Jerusalem uh, and the son of man will be handed down handed over to them so this is he's beginning to uh, prepare himself to go to the cross and in that process he's looking at uh, visiting all of these cities and he's proclaiming and many are believing in him we see in Matthew's gospel chapter 14 and verses 34 to 36 when they had crossed over they landed at Gennesaret and when the men of that place recognized Jesus they sent word to the all the surrounding country people brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched him all who touched his cloak it were healed hallelujah amen just the touching of the hem of the garment people were healed and Jesus is going from place to place and now then you see the Canaanite woman's daughter uh, who is sick uh, and who is troubled by a demon and uh, who is not doing well in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21 you find that Jesus proclaims healing for her when this woman comes and kneels in front of Jesus and even though the disciples want to send her away Jesus is calling uh, the disciples to uh, you know he's calling this woman and he's saying you know your faith you know has made her well and instantaneously the woman was uh, the woman's daughter was healed and leaving that place Jesus withdrew from to the region of Tyre and Sidon you see place after place he's performing miracles people are believing in him in some places it is Jews in some places it is not the Jews who are believing and so basically Jesus is helping you know his reaching out to people to enter into the kingdom of God and Matthew is helping the Jewish believers to see that some believed some did not believe there is faith and there is unbelief though he was performing miracles though they were seeing him though they were witnessing his uh, goodness and his power and he was revealing who he was through the miracles and signs and wonders you see miracles signs and wonders are not an end in itself miracles signs and wonders are things that open up a person's heart to faith in God amen hallelujah and that's why you see sometimes many uh, dramatic miracles happen amongst people who do not know the Lord more than among people who know the Lord you know, have you heard of some, you know, the dead raised and, you know, dramatic miracles happen. Sometimes, you know, in some remote villages in North India, 
you know and those things are not happening so much in chennai city <laughs> because there's so much of unbelief because of so much of religiosity and self righteousness that people think that they know god and they're better than others <laughs> and so some of these kind of miracles don't happen in places like this we are like sitting in jerusalem like how the jewish leaders were <laughs> but then in some gentile regions where there's not even one believer on the lord jesus and somebody calls out on jesus and the dead man is raised he comes to life even without nobody going and laying hands and praying for that person dramatic things happen that's how it is you know jesus is looking for such kind of faith and uh, wherever there was faith miracles happened wherever the crowds came after him they sought after he was where when he left the crowds and he went on a mountain side or when he took a boat and went on the other side of the lake people went on the other side and they came searching and looking for him early in the morning and then he had the moment he saw them coming running to him he had compassion on them because they came believing that he can meet their needs they came believing that he can solve their problems that believing that he can do a miracle believing that he is god believing that he here is a prophet of god they were in whatever way they understood not all of them believed that jesus is the second person of the trinity the messiah the savior but many of them believed in him for their needs and jesus extended their his healing touch and deliverance to them that their hearts would be open to know that he is the savior who has come to save his people from their sins hallelujah and so jesus is going from place to place then the region of magadan in chapter 15 verse 39 you see that after jesus had sent word sent the crowd away he got into a boat and went to the vicinity of magadan and from there in chapter 16 verse 13 when jesus came to the region of caesarea philippi 1613 he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is you know so he came comes to the region of caesarea philippi so he's visiting these key cities and then withdrawing from that performing miracles signs and wonders that people will believe in him remember you know we talking about here matthew is presenting to the jewish church about many people who believed and how jesus went about doing these miracles that people may put their faith in him but there were some who also did not believe and we will also talk about that in the next point why was uh, matthew writing this he was writing this because the jewish believers were returning to judaism and while the jewish believers were returning to judaism you know he wanted them to know that the jesus whom you believed uh, is this jesus is not some kind of a false messiah that you have believed in and so you don't get deceived by the false teaching of the judaistic people who are trying to confuse you and saying that you need to get back to judaism because this is the kind of jesus this is the gospel he preached this is what he did and this is how your forefathers in your own generation they believed and they followed him and this is the kind of miracles that he did so that by hearing these stories that they will also firmly be stabilized and established in the gospel in the good news of the kingdom that jesus jesus taught because the pathway into the kingdom was to reject this false system of judaism and now that they have rejected that and they have come to this new community and followed christ and now they are being tossed over to the other side 
Matthew is concerned uh, they will fall away and so he's presenting to them who Jesus was what he did and how that he is the true son of God he is a true messiah and what you believed is true so that they will be stabilized and firmly rooted in this gospel and they will not fall away from it and so he's talking about how the people believed in many of these regions but he's also talking about how Jesus while he was doing these miracle signs and wonders you also need to understand that he did not just you know throw away miracles like throwing pearls to pigs he looked at those who would really believe he looked at those who came like a child like with a child like faith so for Jesus miracles are no side show for those who deny him he is not trying to do some magic for those who deny and show how powerful and how great he is don't mix up miracles with magic don't mix up miracles with a show now when jesus was doing miracles he was not performing a show to impress people he was doing miracles to touch their heart they will believe in him and his message of good news of embracing repentance salvation that will come only in his name and not by keeping a set of rituals and form and traditions of men which they were thinking that that would save them basically he wanted to pull them out of that system understanding the false idea of salvation and religious you know life and to show them what is true spirituality so he's willing to make his ministry uh, his ministry into a he was not he was unwilling to make his ministry into a sideshow that performs wonders for those who will always find a reason to deny him even when the miracles happen people pointed a finger and said oh why did he do that how can he do that by what authority is doing that maybe he's doing it by the power of the uh, devil they were accusing him they were refusing to believe in him and so whenever he found that people were unbelieving he would not do miracles there in his own town own hometown jesus said you know in in the in that same uh, passage you find that in matthew's gospel chapter number 15 right uh 13 13 towards the end yeah towards the end 53 onwards 13 53 onwards when jesus had finished these parables he moved on from there coming to his hometown he began teaching the people in their synagogue and they were amazed where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers they asked isn't this the carpenter's son isn't this mother's his mother's name mary and aren't his brothers james joseph simon and judas and all his sisters with us where then did this man get all these things and they took offense at him see when they questioned where did he get this authority where did he get this miraculous power they did not want they were not curious to know whether is he from god are the prophets talking about him should i now believe in him is he the messiah they were not inquiring to believe they were inquiring and took offense that he was teaching with authority he was performing signs and wonders and miracles he was casting out demons he was speaking the truth boldly they took offense at him you see to such kind of people he says a prophet is not without honor except in his own town own town and in his own home in verse 58 and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith he did not he did not 
he knows when to allow his power to be manifested and he would not allow his power to be manifested where they they deny him where they reject him where they are refusing to believe in him even though they have seen who he really is so miracles are no sideshow for those who deny him and jesus does not do many miracles in his hometown nazareth but he feeds the 5000 who came seeking him and walking for miles with no water and he didn't want to send them away and he had compassion on them and he's doing these miracles to show the disciples for them to have a full blown revelation that he's a messiah the son of god you see this is how matthew is trying to help the jewish church to understand that see this is jesus is presenting the jesus as he was and what he actually did and how there is belief and there is unbelief and now those people who are learning you back into judaism are those who are part of this unbelieving group who are refusing to believe so learn that these kind of people are already there even in his own hometown he was rejected and so when you see your leaders judaistic leaders rejecting him now don't think that they're doing the right thing even in his own hometown when he was alive they rejected him are you getting the idea amen so he's helping them to understand hey what you believed is right what you believed is true the person jesus is messiah and don't fall away from him thirdly you find how he's talking about how they are ruined by self deceit self deceit in matthew chapter 15 and verses 1 to 3 matthew 15 1 to 3 then some pharisees and teachers of the law came to jesus from jerusalem and asked why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders they don't wash their hands before they eat jesus replied and why do you break the command of god for the sake of your tradition Jesus whenever they he was questioned he would always put a counter question the way he would answer the question is by giving a counter question and they are coming and accusing Jesus the disciples because the traditional ritualistic washing of hands uh, they believe that it was a act of cleansing but Jesus was helping them to see your external traditions and your ritualistic acts and ceremonies are not doing any bringing about any internal change it's not cleansing your heart and so jesus puts a counter question and exposes their hypocrisy by asking them why do you, and why do you break the command of god for the sake of your tradition oh you say tradition but with the tradition holding dearly to the tradition they actually ending up breaking the command of god and he gives a description about honoring the father and mother we don't have time to go into those passages in detail but this is a key point basically he's telling them how they are ruined by their own self deceit and also in chapter 16 verses 11 and 12 how is it you don't understand that i was not talking to you about bread he's telling the disciples as they were discussing about bread he talked about the yeast that was coming in and inf- and, and 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 mixing with the the dough the dough but be on your guard against the yeast of the pharisees and sadducees then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the east used in bread but against the teaching of the pharisees and the sadducees why because the teaching of the pharisees and the sadducees was not accompanied by living those teachings out in their life and they are twisting the scriptures and making man made traditions 
and causing people to believe and follow those man-made traditions. And they were ruining their own lives by such a self-deception. So you find that Matthew is exposing the Jewish believers to all that Jesus taught and all that Jesus spoke to the crowds, to the, about the leaders and to the disciples about the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They will understand that this is not something that they ought to follow. But they ought to, in order to come into the kingdom of God, they need to fully you know, understand the good news of the kingdom which comes by repentance, which comes by a change and transformation of, of their hearts and their lives. And as he's calling them into this new kingdom, you find secondly that Jesus is calling them into a new community. He's forming a new community which is the physical manifestation of his kingdom. The kingdom of God is manifest in this world by the church. The church is the grand plan of God in building his kingdom, a new community he forms, Jews and Gentiles together. And so to inaugurate that, here is the launching of that new community as Jesus is interacting with Peter and Peter holds the keys of this new community. Jesus is entrusting the keys of the kingdom to him. Let's read Matthew 16 verses 13 to 20. Matthew's gospel chapter 16 verses 13 to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Matthew 16, 13 to 20. And then 17, verse 17 we read. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by, father in, by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Now finally, he, Jesus is arriving at Caesarea Philippi and he's asking the disciples this question. Who do see people say the son of man is? They replied the general opinion of the people. Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say? I am Simon Peter answers, the spokesperson for the group. You are the Messiah. You are Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. You are the Savior. You are the Son of God. You are the Messiah, the Savior. Jesus immediately replied saying, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Hallelujah. Everyone who has received this revelation that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the only begotten of the Father, that Jesus is the Savior, that anyone who believes in him will not perish but eternal life. Anyone who has this understanding and faith is blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Is blessed, hallelujah. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. We, Simon, son of Jonah, Peter saw Jesus face to face, saw the miracles and believed in him. Today we have not seen Jesus face to face. We have not seen him perform those miracles. We have not seen him die and rise again. But yet we'll believe. Blessed are those who have not seen but yet have believed. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Blessed are you Simon son of Jonah blessed are you people of God this morning because you have come to Christ because you have embraced his good news because you have rejected everything that is false because you have rejected everything that accompanies unbelief you have rejected everything that is a false idea of God a false idea of salvation you have rejected all of that whether it was a, a so called traditional christian you know belief system which only depended on human traditions and rituals and customs and we just had uh, ash wednesday and the beginning of the lent season here's another tradition of the church which has which is not given in scriptures and which is not practiced in the early church which is not instituted by jesus the tradition of burning the uh, cross that was given on the um, palm sunday and then create make an ash into it and apply it on your forehead and and then stop eating uh, non vegetarian veg, uh, sorry vegetarian food or non vegetarian food non veg for some people it might be better the other way other way around <laughs> and then don't keep flowers don't wear costly jewelry don't buy jewelry doing don't you know uh, do weddings during the season and um, yeah you can bury the dead but um do don't stop drinking stop smoking for the 40 days and then you can start it wait for easter some of you get so desperate on that holy week that another seven more days and then i can start smoking again and then <laughs> after easter is over ha lent season is over and then easter night is afternoon is party time because jesus rose again and there's a drink and a dance party that night tradition of men that does not do any bring about any change in a person's life uh, and people some of them will also fast one meal or three meals and all those 40 days they will fast and uh, end up with uh, too much of uh, acidity and um, you know <laughs> trouble with their bodies yeah we can fast and pray romans 14 we talked about romans 14 on wednesday how many of you were there i think some of you were there So Romans 14 we talked about how God is uh, Paul is writing to the church at Rome and telling about the whole idea of if you want to set apart a day as sacred to the Lord you may do so but you don't have to judge somebody who does not do it and so if you are following lent 40 days avoiding non vegetarian food it can help in many many ways definitely good for the health less meat better health right less of rice less of cholesterol less oil definitely good for the health isn't it true doctor <laughs> good for the health so it has many benefits avoiding all of that but what do you do by avoiding all of that not just traditionally just avoiding food not just traditionally just stopping flowers not just traditionally not uh, doing wedding ceremonies and not doing all of that but if we can truly set apart this time and find time and spend in the presence of god and maybe you're fasting one meal a day fast and pray and seek god's face and experiencing a transformation in your life then that 40 days of lent or 10 20 days or 20 days or 3 days how many ever days or one day all same in the sight of god if it will bring about a change in your heart but just doing those 40 days without any change of in life post 40 days is just useless 
you get what i'm talking about if the 40 days have not has not transformed our life post 40 days <laughs> what happens after easter if there is no change then the 40 days of doing lent has no meaning at all but in that 40 days if you spend this time and say okay this is the time of the year where everybody all over the world are doing this and i'm also getting into this good discipline but i'm going to really set apart time in 2 hours every day or 1 hour every night i'm going to pray i'm going to read the scriptures i have not been doing that regularly i'm going to start doing that from now on for this 40 days and create this into a habit which will be a lifelong practice then it's doing good for you amen but if it will just only be avoiding food only be avoiding facebook some people will say oh i'm going to do facebook fast oh good for you but if that facebook fast will help you to get out of too much of social media and live a balanced life then good doing those things and so this is the way the jewish people were stuck with a false idea and with many human traditions like this and many rituals and customs like many christians in our times are also stuck to them for 40 days they will not do everything and then on the 41st day go back to drinking smoking and everything else no use no point in observing those 40 days alone calling it as lent season do you get what i'm talking about amen and so jesus is basically helping peter to see that you are blessed because you have left all this false system man made traditions and all of that and you've come to understand the good news of who i am and my message and you've believed in me and you've seen the miracles and you've put your faith in me and you understood how this understanding has come because he believed the father revealed to him that he is christ the messiah the son of the living god and he says blessed are you simon son of jonah for this is not revealed to you by my by flesh and blood but by my father in heaven verse 18 and i tell you that you are peter simon son of jonah you are peter petros rock peter petros in greek you are peter you know cephas in uh, hebrew in aramaic Cephas and Peter in uh, Petros in Greek and Peter in English and I tell you that you are Peter rock and on this rock on you I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it I myself I am the rock if you believe and follow my teachings you will be like a house built on the rock I am the rock and now Peter you're going to be a solid rock people who build and the new community that is going to be inaugurated as a you take this teaching about the good news of who i am and the gospel story on you i'm going to build the church and i will give you peter the keys of the kingdom of heaven you will unlock the message of the good news of the gospel the entry into the kingdom of heaven you will call people into the kingdom you will proclaim this good news and you will be at the head of it leading the way calling the jews to enter into the kingdom after the holy spirit comes upon the 11 apostles after jesus's ascension in acts chapter 2 what you find is that peter stood up along with the 11 and for the first time boldly proclaims that the christ crucified whom you crucified is the messiah and they were cut to the heart 
and the sermon of peter preached to the jewish people is presented in acts chapter 2 and peter is opening the keys of the kingdom for the jewish people and on that day one sermon 3000 people were added into the kingdom of god through the message through the keys that peter unlocked the message of the kingdom for the jewish people to enter and then comes acts chapter 10 acts chapter 10 the keys of the kingdom given to peter acts chapter 10 is where peter goes peter is asleep and he's going to the house of cornelius and for the first time he's seeing the holy spirit being poured out upon the gentiles and peter is having this revelation that oh the gospel is not only meant for the jews but for the gentiles also and peter is unlocking the keys of the kingdom for the gentile world and then coming and telling all of the other apostles and the disciples that hey i went to this gentile man's house and i thought the covenant the blessing the the circumcision and the kingdom of god and the savior messiah jesus and all of the salvation is only for us the jews i thought he is our savior jewish savior but this savior is not just a jewish savior he is a savior of the whole world and when he saw the same spirit who came down upon the jewish people and upon himself and upon the apostles in the upper room the same spirit coming upon the gentiles that opens his eyes to see the coming of the spirit authenticated to peter that the gospel was meant for the gentiles also and peter is unlocking the keys of the kingdom and opening the door of the kingdom for the gentiles also to come into the kingdom and he's going and convincing his other disciples in in the council at jerusalem and he's taking the same story in chapter 11 you will find that he takes the story and he tells the apostles what happened in the house of cornelius believe that same jesus and the same gospel i preached and the same spirit came upon the gentiles also and he's convincing the other apostles that this the gospel is meant for the gentiles and then you see the birth of the antioch church in acts 11 hallelujah peter is opening has been given the keys of the kingdom to open the door for the gospel for the jews and the gentiles to come into the kingdom jesus saying i will build this new community peter on this rock on this teaching on me and upon you this kingdom this community will be built and you will unlock the kingdom and bring the jews and the gentiles in and peter ended up being the apostle to the jews and then later on paul comes along and then becomes an ambassador an apostle of the gospel taking the gospel to the gentile world and so then verse 19 jesus says to peter peter i give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven this is not about binding and losing demons <laughs> that's the unfortunate pentecostal twist <laughs> sometimes many of the phrases and the way we pray based on some phrases because we want to somehow put the devil down we use some of these verses bind your devil loose your devil <laughs> but this is not talking about the devil the binding and the losing is in the context of this new community that jesus is birthing forth and the keys of the kingdom are given to peter for the jews and the gentiles to enter and who will come in and who will not come in the authority the spiritual authority to bind to stop a person or to release a person to prohibit or to accept that spiritual authority has been given to peter to the apostolic leaders 
This is the master plan of God for the world. This is the master plan of God for the world. And he tells us the disciples, don't tell anyone about this plan. Don't reveal the secret now. You will manifest this. This will come forth. He's speaking prophetically. After I dis, you know, die and I rise again, the moment he finished saying about this, immediately he starts telling about that he's going to die. Don't tell anyone that I am the Messiah. Then he's immediately switching over and saying, I'm going to die. I'm going to die for this. I'm going to lay down my life for this so that I can create a new community. And Peter, you're going to be in the helm of affairs, unlocking the door of the kingdom, bringing in the Jews and the Gentiles. And you will be the one to do that first. This is my master plan for the world. And Hades and its power, hell and its power will try to tear it down. The gates of hell will not prevail this new community. Peter has the keys to open the door for, the, for Israel and for the Gentiles. And the authority to bind, that is to forbid or prohibit. And to lose, to permit or release people to come in. And that's what happens in the Jerusalem council in Acts 15. Now we need to quickly go to Jerusalem council. Acts chapter 15. I told you the gospel has been, the door for the gospel has been opened to the Gentiles by Peter. In the house of Cornelius, it began there. And then you see many Gentiles saved in Antioch. And certain people come down, came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers. What are they saying? What are they teaching? Unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. But Jesus has fulfilled all of those legal requirements by himself on the cross. He came as one and only sacrifice and there is no more necessary for physical cutting off of the foreskin to show that a person has been set apart for God holy unto the Lord but it is rather circumcision of the heart and that happens when people believe in the good news of the gospel that Jesus died for their sins and so when they believe in him and they accept him and embrace the gospel story their hearts are circumcised but now these Jewish people from Judea are coming and preaching about circumcision again you unless you are doing the custom taught by Moses, you will not be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. Paul and Barnabas are beginning to debate and they're saying, no, what you're saying is wrong. It was all fulfilled in Christ. Just faith alone in Christ is enough for salvation. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. Some people from Judea have come to Antioch, Gentile region. Confusing the new believers there. You see, this is the very reason Matthew is writing the gospel. Because of this kind of confusion that was coming among, brought about among Gentile believers. That you need to follow Jewish tradition in order to be saved. Not just belief in faith alone, in Christ alone. And so, Paul and Barnabas, along with some other believers, they go up to Jerusalem to see, meet the senior apostles. Remember, Peter has been given the keys of the kingdom. To bind and to loose. And Peter is the senior most with James, the brother of our Lord Jesus. All of them are the senior apostles in Jerusalem. And so some from Antioch along with Paul and Barnabas are going to see the apostles and elders about this question. What do we do? Some people from Judea have come to Antioch and the teaching that you must circumcise according to the you know, teaching of Moses. And the church sent them on their way, verse 3. And as they traveled through Phoenicia, Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad. 
when they came to jerusalem they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders to whom they reported everything god had done through them then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the pharisees stood up and said the gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of moses the pharisees would not give up <laughs> because only if you enforce all of that they can get their money they can get their attention they can keep their power they can keep their position by making people because their eyes have not been opened remember we talked about unbelief in the first point they were still under unbelief they still did not embrace the gospel fully they were still holding on to the false religious system and the apostles and elders met to consider this question verse 6 meeting is happening this is a business meeting this is the the council of elders over a dispute that has risen up after much discussion they are having discussion in verse 6 peter got up and addressed them brothers you know that some time ago god made a choice among you that the gentiles might hear from the lips the message of the gospel and believe from my lips you see god made a choice some time back In Matthew 16 we just read about it God made a choice sometime back that through my lips through Peter that the gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe I have given you the keys of the kingdom Peter what did Jesus mean to the Jews and the gentiles you will proclaim the gospel you will open the door for them to come into the kingdom God made a choice long back He did not discriminate verse 9 between us and the gentiles and them for he purified their hearts by faith Now then why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear we have not been able to keep the law we have not been able, we've been trying to do all these rituals and traditions and but that has not helped us in any way we have not been able to perf- be perfect and please God the right way we have not been able to bear this burden why are you putting that yoke on the gentiles no we believe it is through the grace of our lord jesus that we are saved just as they are we and they are all saved only by the grace of god not by our good works not by our rituals not by our traditions verse 12 the whole assembly became silent as they listened to barnabas and paul telling about the signs and wonders god had done among the gentiles through them and when they finished james spoke up Brothers he said listen to me Simon has described to us how God first intervened to choose a people for his name from the gentiles the words of the prophets are in agreement with this after this I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent its ruins will re- I will rebuild and I will restore it then the rest that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord basically Jesus is first coming to Israel he will rebuild Israel bring the gospel to Israel first then that through them the rest of mankind may seek the Lord even all the gentiles who bear my name and he telling this quoting this from Amos chapter 9 verses 11 and 12 and James says it is so my judgment therefore that we should not make it difficult for the gentiles who are turning to god instead we should write to them telling them to abstain from food, food polluted by idols from sexual immorality from the meat of strangled animals and from blood for the law of moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues every sabbath then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to antioch with paul and barnabas those they chose judas called barsabas and silas men who were leaders among the believers with them they sent this following letter and they wrote and saying verse 23 to the gentile believers in antioch syria cilicia 
we have heard that some went out from us without our authorization and disturb you disturbed you troubling your minds by what they said so we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ therefore we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing it seemed good to the Holy Spirit to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements these are the only requirements you are to abstain from the blood sacrifice to idols uh, food sacrifice to idols from blood from the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality immorality you will do well to avoid these things farewell so the men sent off and went down to antioch where they gathered the church together and delivered this letter and people read it and were glad for its encouraging message judas and silas who themselves are prophets said much to encourage and strengthen the believers after spending some time there they went they were sent off by the believers with the blessing of peace to return to those who had sent them paul and barnabas remained in antioch where they and many others taught and preached the word of the lord what is this this is the jerusalem council peter along with the other apostles binding and losing saying what is accepted what is prohibited what to follow what not to follow you see they were not uh, taking decisions in matters of creating new laws you need to understand that this spiritual authority that jesus gives the keys of the kingdom to bind and to lose when there is an issue should we follow circumcision also peter tells authoritatively see jesus has entrusted this ministry to me to take the good news of the gospel to the gentiles and salvation is only by his grace alone don't burden them with anything else more he speaks and by doing that what he is doing is where he is forbidding what they should not do he and the apostles the elders are forbidding what they should not eat what they should not practice sexual immorality eating uh, food offered to idols and uh, you know drink, eating for meat with blood in it prohibiting all of that and also losing them permitting them to just believe in Christ and not to follow circumcision binding and losing what is acceptable what is not acceptable this is something this authority spiritual authority has been given to peter i give you the keys of the kingdom you will unlock the door for jews and gentiles to come together and peter has been given this keys of the kingdom where he will bind and loose and this is seen in the jerusalem council when they took those decisions now it was not an explicit command that jesus was giving but based on the teaching of scripture and what jesus has taught and what jesus has done they take this decision peter has been given the keys to the kingdom they've been given this authority and this authority has been given them for them not to use it loosely or irresponsibly but for them to very judicially use it and this is a judicial authority not a legislative authority let me show you the difference between the both a legislative authority is where someone comes up with a new law they are not given a legislative authority and they are not exercising a legislative authority to create a new law based on what jesus has taught based on what jesus has preached based on what jesus wanted them to do for them to be saved and come into his kingdom by just believing in him 
and accepting the good news and rejecting this false gospel the false religious system they are to enter into the kingdom of god and so they not creating a new law but based on the law of god and the teachings of jesus they taking that and applying it to their lives and giving them what they can do the making it relevant to them for this new times for this new community which is judicial in nature a judge is not passing a new law when he's judging somebody for a crime a judge takes the law interprets the law and makes it relevant and applies it for this person who has committed a crime to either bind them or release them you get what i'm talking about that's the authority in which peter is functioning that's the authority the spiritual authority the apostolic authority that has been given to this new community and to the elders of this new community to exercise a judicial authority and so paul when writing to the church at corinth and finds that um, uh, people who are immoral there adulterous there he would say why have you not put these people out of this new community and i have already written about them to you and he writes about a specific man who who is immoral with his father's wife and he says that you ought to excommunicate him that is a judicial authority who should be allowed permitted who should be expelled this authority has been given to peter hallelujah christ is forming this new community and the keys of the kingdom have been given today isn't it amazing that we are part of this new community that jesus inaugurated on that day when peter said you are christ the son of god this is a gospel community this is a good news community this is a kingdom community hallelujah and this kingdom community functions based on the teachings of scriptures on the built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with elders leaders given to them to lead them to shepherd them the way of the lord and given them spiritual authority to exercise it judicially but it is judicial in nature and not legislative in nature this is the way christ has formed his new community and that plan was given that secret of the kingdom was given to peter and to those who are with him and he says don't tell anyone that i am the messiah there will come a time when this will manifest and this new community will be formed hallelujah so we as the gospel community this morning i want us to understand and how does it apply to us today we fully embrace this gospel we fully embrace this gospel and enter the kingdom of god by rejecting the hypocritical religious and the tradi- religious system and the traditions of men that lead to self deception and the craving for a supernatural like wanting to watch some magic but we have been assured we reject all of that but we come and we have come to be part of this new community the family of god a gospel community a community of proclam- of proclamation the good news community the good news community is not just a community that has just accepted the good news but is also a good news community which proclaims the good news hallelujah so we need to call people into this new community that jesus inaugurated on that day and we have come to be part of it hallelujah hallelujah isn't it wonderful 
that Jesus has called us into that new community and we have come to become part of that which Peter was given to whom Peter to the, the keys to whom it was given to and Peter inaugurates that Peter unlocks that door and because Peter unlocked the door for the Gentiles and because Peter exercised that spiritual authority judiciously along with the elders and deacons a team of elders and they took that decision say we will not enforce these kind of laws of circumcision and all of the sacrifices again the law of Moses on the Gentiles and because Peter exercised that spiritual authority to bind and to lose today we are not offering sacrifices <laughs> today we are not doing circumcision <laughs> today we are not in a false religious system but we have been released into the truth hallelujah just imagine how important and critical it is for spiritual leaders with good reasoning deliberation discussion deliberation sometimes is a more technical word for discussion fancy word you know <laughs> with discussion thinking through what must be done what must not be done what can be permitted what cannot be permitted based on the teachings of scriptures old and the new the spiritual leaders need to take those right decisions with the help of the holy spirit based on the comprehensive understanding of scriptures so that they would be able to bind and to loose so that they can continue to keep the community as it ought to be else it can depart from the truth go into half truth or mixed truth mixture anybody eat in mixture you have all kinds of things in the mixture many churches communities are in a mixture there's some element of truth there's some element of half truth and untruth all mixture the moment we depart from the truth we either go into half truth or mixed truth of completely depart from the truth itself which then becomes heretical in nature from heresy it can go down the slippery slope of turning into cultic tendencies and from cultic tendencies into a full blown cult itself and so the spiritual authority of carefully studying scriptures and taking that and applying in today's context now we are not in a jewish context we are not in a early first century context we are in a 21st century context the challenges and the battles of today are very different today today's challenges are things like lgbtq which we are faced with that kind of a challenge you don't find in that early church situation they were when he is writing to the church at rome but not in the jerusalem church so we are in new context and so what can be allowed what can be what should not be allowed taking those decisions judicially as a team of elders and leaders is so important to preserve this community in the truth and so to draw you constantly back to the truth is part of the job that we do and any time you we find there is a mixture in your understanding and today's mixture is not caused 
because you go and sit in another church and you probably you may not do that and you don't get confused because you're here every sunday but today's mixture of the truth comes in a 6 minute video clip on facebook and on you whatsapp forwards that's how a false religious system can penetrate into the church which we need to keep watching out for and we need to be able to say hey this is not the right understanding this is what is permissible this is not permissible amen this is not to in uh you know infiltrate into the personal private decisions of your life it may decisions that you make may affect your personal life your private life. this is not about telling you what job you should take whom you should marry which city you should settle down what you should earn how much you should give it's not about invading your private space but it's about drawing you to the right understanding of this new community and the teachings that we have to embrace and follow as a new community of Christ amen hallelujah shall we pray asking the lord and telling him lord yes we want to fully follow believe and follow and practice the truth the right way with all kinds of confusing teachings prophecies everything that is going around in the christian world and that which infiltrates into us we pray that you will help us to be preserved in the truth as a new community that you inaugurated in building your kingdom we pray and ask this morning that you will enable us to stick on to this new community that you have created that we will lord be preserved in the truth that we will not lord stray away from the truth in any way we pray as we as those of us in leadership that you will give us the grace as the jerusalem council took that decision on that day to bind and to loose to accept and to prohibit and what must be followed what should not be followed what is not necessary we pray that you will give us the wisdom to do that for this community that you have formed around us that to shape this community in the teachings in the accurate teachings of the word of god help us we pray and help everyone to continue in this embracing this good news rejecting all false beliefs and systems practices and dearly holding on to the gospel the good news and the teachings delivered to us we thank you for speaking to us help us not to stray here and there help help us not to be influenced by anything else which is mixed truth or half truth that we may not finally depart from the truth itself but remain in the truth until the very end grant us your grace we pray we give you all the glory bless your people we pray bless everyone we thank you for we are blessed hallelujah for we have received the revelation that you are christ the son of the living god 
for we are blessed and privileged to be in your kingdom in this new community which you inaugurated and created we give you glory in jesus name we pray amen